Hi, Michael Dorn, Worf, Star Trek The Next Generation, and I am the next guest for On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thank you once again for joining us for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 533 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, Lieutenant Worf comes on board. He comes here. It's Michael Dorn. That's right, from Star Trek. Star Trek The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, numerous uh, voiceovers, of course, and also the Star Trek movies. And he has a new movie out called Agent Revelation. Don't want to miss it. And he's going to talk about that, and we'll talk about Star Trek and all sorts of stuff. Michael Dorn is coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond, so I hope you'll stick around for that. And I uh, just want to remind you that if you have uh, anything you want to talk to me about, just send me an email. That's right. I'm going to get it. You can email it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. I'd love to hear from you, see what you think about the show. Uh, I know a lot of you out there are new. We uh, recently uh, changed things. And if uh, if you go to the website onscreenandbeyond.com, you'll notice things are a mess over there. And I apologize for that. Uh, not all, all the links aren't working because we had to take down all the uh, 500 episodes that we had and we're slowly putting them back on so uh, please be patient they will be coming back it's just going to be a mess for quite a while but uh, go over there and uh, every day you're going to see new uh, episodes coming up from uh, our archives so you'll be able to hear uh, you know Bob Barker Tony Dennison uh, Gary Sinise and I mean just so many people I just the, the list goes on and on but uh, anyways you can go over there and check that out and um, like I said, just be patient because those episodes will be coming back up shortly. Well, sure, not so shortly. It's 500 episodes, so it's going to take a while. But anyways, uh, so uh, things are a little rocky, but uh, we are still getting uh, people from all over the world listening to On Screen and Beyond. Tell a friend about us. Like us on Facebook. Facebook's another thing, like I said last week. It's kind of a mess. Uh, I can't get into it, but uh, <laughs> we're still working on that. So uh, we'll see what we can do. Uh, but uh, anyways, you can email me at our, uh, like I said, at our website, and you can email it at uh, feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. So uh, thank you for that, and uh, let's see. It is time for Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, well, a remake of the Naked Gun comedy films may be in the works. That's right, and get this, Liam Neeson says that he has been approached to star in the film, taking over the role that uh, Leslie Nielsen was doing. So uh, that that uh, it's kind of interesting. So we'll see what, what happens with that one. And Wonka will be telling the story of Willy Wonka once again, but this time it's in his early years, and it has a release date already. They haven't even got the person to be it, but they've got a release date of March seventeenth, two 2023. And Tom Hanks, he just keeps rolling and rolling and out films and everything. He's going to be starring in a film called 
A Man Called Ovi. And it's a remake of a 2015 Swedish movie. And it's about a cranky retired man who strikes up an unlikely friendship with his boisterous new neighbor. And that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Upcoming new movies? Well, I mentioned it before, but Tom Hanks is busy. He has a new sci-fi movie called Bios, and it was planned for 2020, delayed. Then in April 2021, it was moved to, delayed. Now it's been moved to August 13th, 2021 release, and that's tentative. So, let's see, Tom Arnold and Harvey Cattell uh, will be starring in a new film called Unto the Sun, based on uh, actual events that happen, and it follows a young man and his family's journey following the mysterious disappearance of his gangster father. And one more here, Ben Affleck will star in Hypnotic, is a detective investigates mystery involving his missing daughter and a secret government program. Sounds good. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, let's take a trip down to Sequel City and find out what's coming away as far as sequels. Sequel City, well, as far as sequels, Top Gun Maverick, the new Tom Cruise sequel, is scheduled for a July 2nd theatrical release. That's right, in theaters. So that always means that there's a possibility that it could get bumped later, but we'll see what happens. They say they're not going to put this one on streaming first. It is going to go in theaters. And the new James Bond film, No Time to Die, has once again been pushed back. It will now premiere on October 8th, 2021. And Ben Affleck is rumored to be starring in a sequel to The Accountant. We'll keep you informed on that one. And that's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming away as far as TV on DVD? <laughs> TV on DVD, Beverly Hills 90210, the complete collection, is going to be hitting DVD on March 23rd. Now that's 74 discs. That's the original and the reboot series. And uh, Lovecraft Country, complete first season, comes your way on February 16th. And February 2nd, Casa Grande's, the complete first season. That one's for the kids. Be sure to check that one out. And that's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? (laughs) Movies on DVD, Breach with Bruce Willis. Hits Blu-ray and DVD on February 2nd. March 23rd, you can look for News of the World with Tom Hanks hitting Blu-ray and DVD. And on January 26th, the classic Bob Hope film, The Princess and the Pirate, is released on DVD. And that's it for movies coming your way on DVD. Next on On Screen to Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time.
TV and entertainment time. Well, February 15th is the debut of Kevin James' new Netflix comedy. It's called The Crew, and it's about a NASCAR crew chief, played by Kevin James, knocking heads with his young, tech-savvy crew members. And, of course, he's the old guy, so he's trying to get him to do it the old way. So that'll be a good one. And on February 19th, The Muppet Show, the originals with all five seasons, will land on Disney+. Plus. And sadly, talk show legend Larry King has passed at the age of 27. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we have a talk with Lieutenant Worf coming on on the starship here. <laughs> Michael Dorn is going to be joining us, and we're going to talk about his new movie, Agent Revelation, and a whole lot of other stuff. So get ready for that. Michael Dorn is next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. guest today on On Screen and Beyond has played many roles over the years, and he was on Chips in the 70s and 80s, he was in Rocky, he was in The Jagged Edge, The Santa Claus 2 and 3, and Ted 2. We have heard his voice in many animated shows, including Gargoyles, Cow and Chicken, Duck Dodgers, Family Guy, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Lion Guard. But we will always remember him for his role on Star Trek The Next Generation, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and several of the Star Trek movies as Lieutenant Worf. He currently has a new movie out called Agent Revelation. It's the multi-talented Michael Dorn. Michael, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you very much. Now, Michael, you got a film out. Tell us about it. What is your part in the film, and what's the film about? Well, um, since I've, you know, I'll, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version, which is aliens are trying to take over the world. Um, and I play Alistair, who has uh, demons that he's trying to exorcise uh, from his past by putting together a, a, um, n- a like a network or a company or a, um, um, that combats these aliens. Mm-hmm. And he is trying to atone for uh, his sins in the past. And, uh, you know, the one thing that drew me to the character was the idea that, um, uh, you know, he has a lot of issues that he's dealing with, which is always an actor's, you know, uh, (laughs) treat (laughs) to deal with, you know, I mean, to be able to play a guy that has a lot of issues. It really brings out um, some interesting stuff. But, um, and... The, uh, he, he recruits Derek, or the, um, uh, the character that Derek plays, mm-hmm. to be like sort of the spearhead to this, because Derek has a lot of abilities and a lot of things that are going on that he sees uh, that he can uh, use. Hmm. And, um, yeah. yeah. And it's, a, you know, it, like I said, it's, it's, it's a story-driven movie, which I, I love. And, um, but I was, I was, when I saw the special effects, I was impressed by them too. So, yeah, uh, I think, I think, I think it's going to be a really, really, um, uh, cool project. Yeah. How'd you get involved with it? Well, I read the script and, uh, I also, uh, met Derek and, uh, 
you know, you get a feeling, and I these days I go with my gut feeling, and and it was um, a role that I thought I could really get my teeth into. Yeah, and uh, and I was correct about that. Hmm. Um, now, plus, you know, the thing is that I I I read a lot of scripts these days, and I read, you know, and I get, you know, not a lot of offers, but a few offers here and there, you know, about doing things, and and I just don't choose things right, and I pass on a lot of stuff because. I only want to do like really interesting things, and this was a really interesting part. Yeah, yeah. Now, since you've been a director, uh, mm-hmm. do you find yourself when you're doing the film with somebody else uh, that you know you have to sort of hold back because <laughs> you know you know the, the the things that should be done? Do, do you or do you make suggestions? Uh, no, no, I do not uh, make suggestions. I, I. And and it's really difficult for me because <laughs> I, I I gotta tell you I'm, I'm very critical and and judgmental and I and I'm trying to get rid of that I'm trying to not do that anymore because I think directors and and uh, you know these these people are are trying their best you know oh yeah and the last thing they need is somebody saying you know that's wrong you know <laughs> um, but you have to kind of trust. Um, and the thing I do most these days is I go in and I do the best job I can and I leave the rest up to the gods. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> leave the rest up to fate and, and hopefully they'll, they'll, um, uh, it'll turn out, you know, like you think it should. Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. you're, you're not one of these divas where you say, uh, I directed a Star Trek film. What have you done? <laughs> oh, gosh, no. Gosh, no. But I, I got to admit, not on this movie, but there was another movie I, I, was, I was shooting, and uh, the lead, the other actress, uh, she, who has done a lot, you know, uh, the director was, like, setting up shots, and we're looking at each other going, I don't think that's going to work, do you? I don't think so either, you know? And, and that's about the most that I've, that I that I put into it. I mean, there was a movie. God, this had to be maybe ten years ago, fifteen years ago, something like that. And we were shooting out on location, and this guy was—he had time, and he had the actors, and everything's great. And he was shooting a scene, and he didn't do any close-ups. You know, and I went, I said, you know, you're gonna want a close-up, right? And he goes, really? I said, yeah, I think you're going to want a close-up, you know, for these things. And he shot it. You know, I don't know if he was happy with it, but, you know. Yeah. Um, huh. uh, but that's that's kind of the most that I've done so far, Yeah. you know, is just kind of go, you know, you might <laughs> want to think about this. And then there's sometimes when um, uh, I did a movie, gosh, it was a horror movie, really crazy thing, and the director just didn't have a clue. Hmm. And then in that case, you just kind of go, uh, okay. And you just do your work and leave, yeah. you know, cause <laughs> you, you can't get involved with somebody who doesn't have a, an idea of why they're doing what they're doing. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. Just get me out of here. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just, just say the lines and don't bump into the furniture and go home. Yeah. So how long yeah. was a, a shoot for you? It was only a couple of days. Oh, wow. Um, and, and that was, that was good because they had a lot to do and they really wanted to, uh, to, to really kind of get through this stuff. And I, and I, and I understand because, um, you know, it's not a, 
you know, $200 million uh, movie. Right. Yeah. And so you don't have the money for egos and time wasted. I mean, you really go in there and, and knock it out and all the people have to be on their, on their P's and Q's. And so, um, but it was, uh, Derek did a good job of, of getting it, um, set up so that I could come in and I had time to do it. And we, you know, we, we took our time with the shots. We didn't like rush through or anything like that. And, uh, and then we were done. So, hmm. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, where was it shot exactly? Where? Yeah. Where, where'd you shoot it? Uh, downtown LA or oh, okay. so south of downtown LA, you know, down there in a, in a warehouse. They have a, a huge amount of these places around town. Uh, you know, warehouses where they shoot these movies. Mm-hmm. You know, people, you know, buy warehouses and, you know, kind of, you know, uh, not so great areas for nothing. And then they loan them out to, um, uh, to companies, small yeah. companies to make these movies. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. Uh, had you worked with anybody uh, in the film before or with Derek or anybody else? No, I hadn't. No. We'll be back with more of our guests right after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you always want to be an actor? Uh, no, I, I actually started out in music. I was in, I, I really loved, I still love music. And, um, and I started doing that. And then I kind of, uh, I went to school for um, producing, TV and directing producing. Mm-hmm. And I caught the directing bug. And so I had a friend that I went to high school with uh, when I got out of college, and he says, oh, you, you know, we can set you up here, and you can shadow our directors on this TV show, which was a top-rated show. It was their old Mary Tyler Moore show. Ah, yes. And um, and they, you know, I went there, and on Friday night, I, you know, I stood in, not stood in, I was in the newsroom um, just to make a little extra money, but I also, you know, shadowed the directors and and uh, to see about the business, see how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I actually had an acting bit on the show that they wanted me to stand in for this guy and and basically say the lines and, and so they can block and shoot and stuff like that. And I did, and they were like, for two weeks after that, they said, Michael, you know, we you know, you're going to be a good director, but you've got to do this acting. <laughs> you know, he said, they were just so pushing that. And they said the magic words, which was, you know, you can, it it may take a while to be a director, but in the meantime, you could make some money. And I go, okay, I'm going to do that, you know? (laughs) And, uh, and then I started and fell in love with it and went back to school, um, because I had to learn how to do it. I mean, I'd done a play in, in high school and I mean, excuse me, in college, but that was about it. Hmm, And, uh, and I fell in love with it. Yeah. And there was a moment there was a moment where I was had to decide between music and acting. 
and I won't get into the story, but kind of a long story, but uh, music is tough. Music is really, really, really hard. Yeah, and you have to depend on... Uh, I'm sorry? No, no, go ahead. Finish. And you have to depend on... If you're in a band, you have to depend on five or six other people, you know, to show up, you know, right, yeah. <laughs> to, you know, and it's got to be like, you know, I, if I'm going to screw up, I want to, I want it to be on my terms. And so yeah. I flipped a coin. I didn't flip a coin. I just said, okay, the acting thing is going to, is what I'm going to do. Yeah. What, what instrument did you play and what type of music were you guys involved with? Oh man, I started out in with rock and roll and then I went to R and B and um, the last group that I was in, which was many, many years ago, was a big R&B group. You know, I think it was like 10 pieces. Wow. And, uh, and then after that, um, I played a little in uh, some session work doing, um, you know, some funk. And, and that was it. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, we were, you know, waiting for the death of disco so that... Uh, <laughs> people came back to their senses and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but i still love music i i still you know i i kind of know my way around a piano because i took lessons when i was young but but bass guitar is my is my instrument hmm, yeah who were your influences oh gosh uh sly and the family stone oh, beatles yeah i love the beatles oh yeah me too um <laughs> yeah yeah and then after that it was earth wind and fire and Rufus, and um, LTD, uh, the Gap Band, uh, all those things. And then later on in the 80s, um, there was a, a whole group of great, great groups out. I really I really loved Oingo Boingo and Devo, and um, um, uh, Todd Rundgren was a big influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I, I just, it ran the gamut. It just yeah. ran the gamut. Huh. Mm-hmm. All right, Michael, I want to take you back and ask sure. you some questions about um, uh, some things that I see, you know, I did in my research and see what you, if you say it's true or false or whatever. Uh, were sure. you mm-hmm. were you Apollo Creed's back, uh, bodyguard, bodyguard in Rocky? Yeah, yeah, I was. So, that, was that was my, that was literally my first job in the business. Really? Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, because I had done I done a like a, a commercial, a couple of commercials, and then when I um, they actually called and said, "We want you to be this bodyguard," and I said, "Okay." And it was only going to be one day, and it turned into like two weeks. Wow! Huh? Yeah. Jeez, you hmm. must have been thrilled to be. I mean, of course, you didn't know what Rocky was going to be <laughs> become when you went in on the film, but you know, you must have. Been oh, thrilled. nobody did. Yeah. No, nobody did. Yeah. Huh. I just remember I I, I had seen uh, Sylvester Stallone in The Lords of Flatbush. Yes, yeah. And I thought he was really good. I thought he was a good actor, and and um, uh, and it was like you said, nobody wanted the movie, and it was just amazing to see them them working really really hard mm-hmm. yeah. uh, to get it done. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I got to ask you about your starship. <laughs> Is it true sure. that you okay. own an F eighty six Saber jet? And a T thirty three jet. I used to. You used to. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, back in the nineties, I bought a T thirty three, and flew that for about four years, and then I bought an F eighty six and flew that for about four years. Wow. I mean, you could just yeah land <laughs> land at an airport and okay, I'm, I'm going to hop in my jet. <laughs> 
Well, you know, the, the funny thing is there's a whole subculture of, of pilots <clears throat> that fly World War II airplanes and, and um, you know, the, the jets from the you know, 50s and 60s and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. That just, you know, because you could, you could buy them for, like, practically nothing. And, you know, I had a mechanic who just said, hey, Michael, uh, you know, an airplane is an airplane, you know. So it's not like something that you need special tools with. I mean, it's just an airplane. And um, and I've always wanted to fly. As long as I've been alive, I wanted to fly. Wow. And um, so it just just kind of went from there. But Jeez. I've owned I've owned several airplanes over the years. Really? Um, but anything from Cessna 172s, which I learned how to fly in, to um, there's a called a saber liner which is a corporate jet um that i own for a while so i i've just run the gamut you know it's been it's been great wow, but great. the f-86 is is the f-86 is just a sweet flying airplane and it's fast and you know and very cool and uh, <laughs> it's just it's just the greatest it's just the greatest wow huh and mm-hmm. uh, uh now you've appeared I understand. Is, tell me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but uh, in more mm-hmm. Star Trek episodes and movies than any other character in the series. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a I legacy. Did, <laughs> I, that's a legacy. I I didn't know that until you know not not too long ago. You know, I just wasn't even thinking about that. But um, but somebody said, "Hey, you know that you did," and I went, "Oh, really? Oh, yeah." And then I thought about it. And went. Wow, that is a legacy, you know. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. You know. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, tell us about uh, the makeup for this character. Mm-hmm. Uh, was for, it grueling the... putting that on for 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 Worf? Was it grueling? Did it take hours to do that? It was three hours. Yeah, three hours. And it was it was grueling. It was grueling. I, I mean, I I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Wow. It, it was. Yeah, that was the that was the thing about doing that show that was just you know you, if you could do without anything it would be that. <laughs> Jeez, I can't yeah. imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, no, it was, and I did, and I think we we looked at I forgot what they what we came up with, but but the makeup um, uh, supervisor uh, Michael Westmore, he and I were trying to figure out how many makeups I did. And I think it was like a thousand. It was something like that, you know. Wow! Like a thousand, you know. So when Derek called so, you up for Agent Revelation, and he said you didn't have to wear makeup, you you must have been, I'll take it. <laughs> well, you know, everybody since um, since the shows. I mean, I don't wear makeup for anything else, you know, yeah. except for Star Trek. Yeah. And um, and it was funny that after I got off the show. And I was doing a movie, and the, they did the makeup, and it was about 15, 20 minutes, you know, kind of with hair and makeup. And they said, you know, Michael, we've never met an actor that's so happy with makeup. <laughs> I went, so you don't understand. This is wonderful. You know, this yeah. is just great. You know, they just go, okay, you're done. I go, oh, this is so cool. Um, <laughs> now, so, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Over the years, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Worf has popped up on Star Trek, uh, this and that and the other thing, you know, so many different Star Treks. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think we'll ever see Worf again? That's a very good question. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I 
seriously, and I'm, you know, being as honest as I can, I literally do not know. Um, there was talk a few years ago of going on to Discovery, um, but it didn't pan out. Um, and, you know, people, you know, in the, in the, in the, like, you know, in the business, I mean, people say a lot of things when they're being interviewed. Mm-hmm. And I heard talk of, of Worf going into um, Picard, but uh, to this date, nobody has called and said, hey, we want you to come do the show. Yeah. Would you do so, it if they called you? I would be hard-pressed. I mean, I mean, for everybody else, they go, oh, that would be great. It'd be fun. I'm going, but I have to get into three hours of makeup exactly. again, <laughs> you know. And I would be, I mean, a lot of different things have to fall into place. You know, a lot of things, you know. I mean, the big thing is, for me, I mean, I just want to hang out with Patrick and laugh and giggle like we always do. Yeah, yeah. Was it a good set to work on? Oh, it was fantastic. It was the best best seven years of my life. Um, Not only because of the work, the work was fantastic, but... You know, we all are still really, really close. Oh, that's great. And that's, that's, that's impressive. And the thing is, working on the show, these are, it, it, was a, it was sort of like catching lightning in a bottle because we all were sort of working actors. And we knew what we were doing. We knew our craft. We knew how to, you know, how to, you know, get around the set and blah, blah. So it wasn't like a bunch of new actors. Uh, which was fantastic. And for some reason, we just gelled like crazy, hmm. like like really crazy. I mean, people were like kind of, you know, looking at us like we're weird because we would, if we went to a party or anything, we'd be in a corner together, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, you know, we come out, oh, hi, and then we go to a corner and be laughing and talking very loudly. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, so it was great, Michael. I I, I know we're we're limited on time here, so uh, I mm-hmm. just want to finish up with one final question, or actually sure. sort mm-hmm. of two. But uh, as far as when you sit back and relax, what mm-hmm. do you like to watch on TV? What's your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what's your favorite movies now and of the past? Um, gotta be uh, Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of Tarantino uh, in, in his movies um, I, I absolutely love him uh, I think he's one of uh, you know I think he's the best director out there now um, but you know I love the old directors stuff like that yeah. um, but I'm really getting into uh, French television um, there was a, a show called Lupin and then before that there was a show called The Bureau and and I don't binge watch, but I binge watch that. Hmm, wow! And uh, oh, it was it was. I mean, in fact, I saw in fact Gates McFadden told me, "Oh, Michael, you got to see this." And so I turned it on, and I watched like three episodes, and I had to stop <laughs> because it was just so intense, you know. Wow. Huh. And uh, but then I I picked it up, and I went through the five seasons like crazy. So, wow. but and. There isn't really a lot of American television that I watch these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there just is, there just is too much. I you know, know, there's so many. <laughs> I mean, you got, oh my God, 
And, you know, and people say, well, what about, uh, you know, Marvel Comics and DC Universe? And I said, you know, I, I watched, I was in a theater, this is when we were in theaters, and a trailer for the Marvel Universe came up, and you saw all of the Marvel actors or whatever the guys, the superheroes running at you, and there was like about 30 of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going, who are these people? What? What, what do they do? You know, I mean, and I just, you know, it just is overload. And, um, but there is one movie that, that is at the top of my list. And I, and I've had my moments when nobody's looking and I'll go watch it was, um, I'm a big star Wars fan. The first three star Wars, of course, were just, oh, yes. yeah. you know, um, but rogue one. Yeah. I, I absolutely love that movie. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of the, one of my favorites. Yeah. Well, Michael, I mm-hmm. cannot thank you enough. It's been an honor to have you on the show. And people my pleasure. Should, and people should all go out, because it is available now, and see Agent mm-hmm. Revelation. It's on demand, so you can pick it up and, and, and watch it. And uh, I thank you so much for joining us. You betcha. And a big thank you going out to Michael Dorn for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. And uh, that was a lot of fun. I, I, Michael is such a nice guy. And uh, also, you know, there were things I found out on there. I, I it had to do some research, of course, I, like I always do. And I did not know he was in Chips. Uh, I, I didn't know that. And, and I didn't know he was in Rocky either until I, I saw that. So you, you, you learn something every day when you listen to On Screen and Beyond. And uh, like I said, thank you, Michael, for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. So that is it, and uh, another episode of On Screen and Beyond. We've got a lot of uh, things setting up here. We have interviews coming in, and uh, just one after another here. A lot of stuff is coming our way, so I hope you're going to keep listening to On Screen and Beyond. Go ahead, tell a friend, and uh, pass the word around. You know, pop uh, maybe pop it up on uh, the link on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and get it out there. Let people know about On Screen and Beyond. And uh, we've got uh, slowly putting back all our archives from, uh, what, 2007 is when we started. We've got uh, interviews with so many people, Bob Barker, and just it just goes on and on. You know, Robert Vaughn, who was Napoleon Solo, the original uh, Man from Uncle. And we've got uh, people from Lost in Space. We've got people from Land of the Giants. We've got uh, some of the monkeys. We've got uh, just so many, you know, Meatloaf was in ep- on an episode of On Screen and Beyond. Uh, it just goes on and on with the people we've had. So uh, if it's not up yet, keep looking because it will be there. Best of all, subscribe, and then it will automatically go down and uh, download for you, and you won't have to be looking through it because uh, it's starting to stretch out now. I've, I don't know if I've got maybe 35, 40 of them up there now. And... Um, you, know, you have to keep looking down through all the lists to see who's who and everything. But um, you can do that if you want. But if you subscribe, it just automatically downloads for you. So uh, that's it. That's it for now. So that's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. <laughs>